Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. basic functions of our brain. Two parts that do very different things. Almost yin-yang type opposite things. We have emotions and we have the intellectual capacity for problem solving. Those are two very different things and they do very different things for us. They both serve us as much as we may like to denigrate the emotions. If we don't have emotions, if we aren't able to feel sad, angry, scared, or joyful, we actually miss out on the problem solving. We can't be fully informed when making problem, when, when um, looking at problems and finding solutions, when making decisions. We actually fail far more often if we aren't aware of our emotions than when we are. And we can actually see this in um, certain brain damaged human beings uh, who've had their various emotional processing areas, mostly in the limbic system, um, damaged, and that they, they can't make decisions. They're actually sort of frozen. They can't decide what they want for lunch because emotions guide so many of our decisions because emotions are based on the interpersonal relationship we have with the world. That's our secondary, our second person experience and a little bit of first person experience of testing out how something is working here and now or very close to us, you know, someone who's uh, well, ourselves in the past or the future, for example. Um, and it doesn't have to be a human that we're, in a, that we're relate, relating to. Um, you know, it can be anything from a, a car to a cloud to a tree to a slug to an inanimate object like a robot or even a box. I mean, we can become attached to a box and sort of feel what it wants to feel and experience what it 
wants to experience in our own estimation. And those are emotions. This, this second person awareness of, you know, how things are happening, how things are doing, what things want and what things want to do that are around us. And also ourselves again in the past or the future, because that's not us in the here and now. It's still a second person. Myself in the future is not me entirely, right? So the second person experience of emotions is how we judge on an unconscious level, for the most part, um, how something that's happening is affecting something else, how it's, how they're going to feel about it. And that's what it is. It's, it's, we sense what they are going to feel. I mean, we're never 100% accurate, obviously. We don't even know what we're going to feel in the next 10 minutes ourselves. And so we can't possibly know what someone else is going to feel. But we do our best to model it. That's what the brain does. The brain models the universe in some way so that we can try predicting things and, and making better decisions based on those predictions. So emotions are crucial to making decisions. Emotions are crucial to problem solving, to understanding the world and to interacting with it in a successful way, you know, that meets goals. So when you feel sad or angry or scared or loving or hateful or whatever emotion you feel, jealousy, happiness, excitement, confusion, all of those feelings are how we interpret what's going on. It's, it's a signal, it's information. It's just a very, it's, it's a more primitive form of information than the intellectual capacity of doing math and science and that sort of thing. But it's still very important information. And, and by primitive, I don't necessarily mean bad. I just mean it's, it's a longer, it, it's been around for longer. And it's one of the, it's the problem solving approach that the brain took early on with all animals. Uh, all mammals certainly have this. Uh, not all animals, but all... And not even just all mammals, but birds have it. Um, so do... Mm, I'm trying to think of what... If there's anything other than mammals and birds. Probably something else I'm missing. <laughs> but um, certainly all, all of the things that, that take care of their children... Um, in a, a sort of interpersonal way, uh, clearly had this emotional connection. Otherwise, they wouldn't take care of their children. They wouldn't know what to do for their children. It would just be pure instinct. You know, it lays eggs and then it goes away. <laughs> but mammals and birds and possibly something else don't do that. The emotions are what tell us, right? what the individuals around us, person, place, or thing, are going to experience and how they're relating to, you know, the situation at hand. So being attentive to these emotions is so very crucial. And repressing them or ignoring them is exactly the wrong thing to do if we want to make good decisions. Now, of course, there are situations where it's either inappropriate or dangerous even to express our emotions. And that's okay. I mean, that's normal that, that we're in situations where, you know, 
what we really want to do, we can't do. That's expected. But what we can do always is be aware of the emotions, to name them in whatever way we feel comfortable doing, to identify them and to respect them and to value them for what they are, which is information, which is crucial information. Now, again, we're never 100% correct in any of our modeling in our brains uh, or the rest of our bodies. I mean, the emotions actually, they're, they're sensory system all throughout our bodies. Uh, so we do get some internal emotions that are feelings that are um, less fancy than what we get in the limbic system, but they're still, they're still useful information. Um, so well, we can look at this information coming in and say, first of all, we can say, we respect this information. This is valuable information. It's telling me something important right now about my direct experience with the world right now. And, or in the immediate past. It's, it's basically the immediate past because you're reacting to something. Emotions don't generate out of nothingness. They, they, they're, they're generated from something happening somewhere, either inside the body or outside the body or generally both. So this reaction, we can say, oh, great, this is information. This is very useful. I'm going to take a look at what is causing this information. What, what am I reacting to? And identify the, the whatever thing seems to be causing this. Or, or multiple things. It's always multiple things. There's never one cause of anything. You know, our, our whole situation of interrelating to other individuals around us is, is multidimensional. But we can look for some of the main causes. And so we can identify what the emotion is, what the causes are, and then we can say, we can check in with it and say, well, is this true? Is this accurate? Am I missing something? Um, you know, if it's an extreme emotion, that, that can be especially helpful. But you have to respect it and listen to it first. You actually have to value the emotion and not repress it you don't have to express it yet, but you can you can be aware of it internally. I mean, you're going to be expressing it anyway because you, your body just does that naturally, but you don't have to express it in a huge way or act on it and try to make some fancy decisions while you're feeling this emotion. You can just feel the emotion and be aware of it and notice it and say, what's causing this? What are the factors? What's going on? Why do I feel this way? And then once you have identified it, you might, there are two ways to go. You might want to act on it right away because maybe there is something very dangerous right there and you need to act on it. Um, I mean, usually you've done this already before, <laughs> before you even thought about it. So, you know, generally we don't even, we don't even stop to think, oh my God, I'm scared, I better run because there's something chasing me. Um, we don't even stop to identify that, we just run. But in somewhat less dangerous situations or somewhat less fun situations even, um, where we don't just instantly react, you know, we have a little bit of time to identify the emotion 
and check to see what's, you know, what factors are causing it and how it's relating to us. And then we can do two things. We can actually choose to react to it in the present moment and just react on the emotion. And, you know, maybe you're very happy and you want to give someone a hug. And you look at them and you say, oh, I'm happy. I want to give them a hug. And you say, okay, let's go give them a hug. <laughs> and uh, that's fine. That's great. You know, we don't need to put that much thought into it. Um, but just being aware of it is nice because sometimes you might look at that and say, no, I don't want to give them a hug because for whatever reason, maybe you're covered in <laughs> glue or, or they don't like hugs. And you may be remembering that. So it gives you, you know, just a split second more of time to consider, you know, consider how your reaction is going to change things. And then there's an, the further thing that you can do, which is deciding not to express the emotion at all in that moment. Um, or at least not to express it, react to it in the way that you would normally want to. And this is where things do get tricky, and this is also, from what I understand, where PTSD shows up, which is that um, when someone is scared and they want to react in a certain way, but the situation, they've, they've deemed the situation inappropriate, uh, or they've deemed the reaction that they normally want to do as inappropriate to the situation. And that's when you can get a repressed reaction, which causes all kinds of problems because it never gets processed. It never gets expressed. It still lingers in the body and it literally it literally makes like neurosynaptic loops in I think it's the hippocampus um, which is in the limbic system and uh, at least there's there's some part where it's current when what we're thinking about currently what we're reacting to emotionally in the present situation um, is in one part of the brain and that the brain and then it sends that out it turns that into memories which are stored in long-term storage in the rest of the brain the, the cortex and with PTSD what you get is it never gets sent the the reaction that you wanted to do but repressed never gets turned into a memory so it never gets stored but it stays going in little loops in the current state, you know, the, the current, what's happening right now part of the brain. And that's why you get, you know, these reoccurring obsessive thoughts about, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Um, even though you didn't die in that situation, but your brain is still there, still remembering it. So you're re-experiencing it over and over and over again, delusionally, essentially, but, it, but your brain hasn't, doesn't have a way of doing what it wants to do so that it can say, okay, done, done that, check that off my list of things to do, and now I can forget about it, essentially. I can put it in my storage. So, but again, sometimes it, it is just inappropriate. It just does not make sense to react in a certain way. Um, again, like I said, it, and it can be either positive, as I said, or negative um, emotions can be over overdone or inappropriate for a certain situation whether it's a hug or punching someone in the face you know reacting in violence or reacting in pure joy can be inappropriate so it it's okay 
to not do it, but repressing that reaction is not helpful. So the, what we can do when we feel this emotion that's overwhelming, but we, our intellectual brain is saying, nope, 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 not now, nope, nope, don't do that. <laughs> um, go do something else. What we can do is take that leftover intention, that leftover reaction that we wanted to do emotionally, and put that in a different direction. Aim it somewhere else. Use that energy in that direction and that emotion in some other way. And one of the best ways to do this, and this is why art therapy is so important and so useful in so many ways, is to express that emotion artistically. And that's any kind of artistic expression that can be singing a song or making music or painting a picture or even gardening carving wood making a sculpture doing a dance anything that's expressing an emotion that's doing something taking something that's unconscious in you that you're not a hundred percent aware of you know what it is and you can't I mean, you're not scientifically taking it apart. You're just expressing this thing. You're expressing this, this emotion that you had about some experience in your life. Again, positive or negative, anything that seems overwhelmingly anything. And putting that out there in a creative way. In a way that is... I mean, it can be destructive. Um, and, and all art technically is entropy and destructive in a way because it's taking apart something that's simple. So you, you've got a, a, a palette of paint and you they have each little blob or each little cube of watercolor or whatever it is. And it's, and it's very simple. You, know, you have a simple little blob of blue. It's very boring. And you're taking that apart. You're taking little pieces of that away and mixing it together with other colors and putting it on paper. And that's actually destructive but it's creatively destructive it's making something more interesting than it was before so using your emotions to create something that's useful or at least interesting or at least feels good to create but it's neutral so for example making mud pies I don't know playing with clay and then just smashing it around you know that's that's not super creative or super interesting, but at least it's neutral. You're, you're not hurting anyone and you're not making anything beautiful. You're just, you're just expressing your emotions with squeezing the clay and smashing it around and moving it in whatever ways your emotions tell you to move it. So those are the, those are the steps to go from thinking that your emotions might be too dangerous to express or wrong or bad and doubting those emotions and thus rejecting them these are the stages where we can actually start using the emotions for what they're designed to do which is to inform us and to help us and when they do go a little extra weird and they don't seem appropriate for the situation then we can step back and say okay is this appropriate for the situation yes no maybe and if it isn't appropriate for the situation, we do something else and then continue to be aware that that emotion is still there and still needs attention. So respecting it means reacting, means expressing that emotion in some way. You don't have to express it right now. We can express it later. 
We don't have to express it later, we can express it now. Whatever seems to make the most sense. And valuing that emotion will go a long way towards expressing the emotion in a much more effective way. So when you feel sad, go ahead and cry. It's, it's not wrong unless you're in some weird situation where if you cry, something just really unpleasant will happen. Um, or if you're trying to take care of someone else and you do want to put on a better face, you know, maybe someone else is sad and you would like to help them not be sad for whatever reason. Um, help them get through it and you need to be a little more conscious of what you're doing and not just fall apart in tears then you can put off that sadness wait for wait for the situation to change where you have some more space to be sad and then to express that sadness and then go for it express the sadness in whatever way that that feels right to you um, whatever way expresses that in a ideally healthy way and the same with anger if you're angry at someone you can step back for a second and say no it's not appropriate for me to punch this person in the face right now i'm gonna i'm gonna do something else that's a little more appropriate hit take a step back and then later on i'm gonna express that anger in some other way i'm gonna write an angry song i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go you know climb a mountain and jump off a cliff with a with a parachute on me or you know something that's going to express that that you know strong energy to do something to act or I'm going to paint a picture of this person and paint it all angry like or whatever um, and all emotions can can be used this way first to inform and then if the reaction that they're suggesting isn't appropriate then you hold that with reaction do something else and then use that reaction later on in some more interesting way some more useful or at least neutral way. So yeah, so I wanted to say one other thing um, which this ties into, which is that this was kind of inspired, this, I, this podcast today was inspired by a lot of people saying that um, things are getting worse, the future is going to be crappy, the world is ending, uh, humans are terrible, we should all just be destroyed, um, all of us humans, and let the, let nature take over and everything, and and that makes me sad, of course, because I see a totally different future. I see, I see that the way evolution works on a social scale, being one of obviously of of more beauty and more creativity and more collaboration and more exploration and entropy being art and and increasing diversity in the world and making things far more fun. So that's what I see. But when I talk to other people and they react negatively and they they say, oh, I'm delusional or I'm idealistic or or I hope you're right, but I don't believe it, you know, and they react with with fear and anger to what they where they see the world is heading. And um, to be clear, I think part of the problem here is that um, the way things change is loopy. The way things change is is like a spiral or a corkscrew or something. It it things don't change in a straight line. Um, we see so many graphs and things about about 
statistics and how things change and, and the economy and certain things. And, and things are never as simple as they look. They're never straightforward. They are loopy. They go, they have kinks in them and wiggles and wobbles as things grow. Uh, if you ever look at a uh, plant growing in, you know, sped up, um, super fast video kind of thing, um, time-lapse sort of thing, you, you see that they wiggle around. They kind of do a swirly thing as they grow. They don't just grow straight up. And that's the same thing with everything. Our planet and our solar system, everything's spinning while it's moving forward. This kind of corkscrew way. And so that creates these swings back and forth. Um, so when we're, you know, when we're spinning around, we're going one direction to the extreme, literally like on a swing or a merry-go-round, you go all the way in one direction and then you start turning and you go way back in another direction. And right now we're heading all the way towards the extreme end of the sort of masculine, violent, materialistic, competitive direction. And we're about to pivot or we are pivoting. We're in the middle of you know a long period of pivoting around that point and swinging back towards a different direction which is more feminine and collaborative and creative and nurturing and we're going to head towards more balance first and then we'll get really extremely feminine at some point and people won't like that either but <laughs> but we manage to deal with it all of these swings and we get a little better every time we get a little more um fit as we get diverse in our society in, in evolution and the life biology as well as maybe artificial life gets more diverse so yes I agree with these people who say that things are getting worse because they're right but they're also getting better because we're swinging around and so what I say to these people is that it's absolutely okay to be worried about the future and to be angry and to be scared it's absolutely okay to be that way if don't just because I am positive about the future doesn't mean you should be positive about the future right now if you don't feel positive about the future don't be positive about the future that's totally all right if you feel scared feel scared acknowledge that and then like I said be aware of it respect it that fear, whatever anger you're feeling, be aware of it, respect it, acknowledge it, use it as the information that guides you. But first, be aware of, you know, what the factors are that are making you feel that way. And then use those to make better decisions. If you're afraid of certain kinds of politics, if you're angry at certain kind of politics, if certain kind of politics make you sad, that's okay to react to those things. Be aware, identify of what elements um, of that politics is is causing you this this bother to be upset. Figure out what it is that's causing that, and then when you go to make your intellectual decisions later, you can express that fear and sadness and anger. Um, in a constructive way, in a creative and interesting way, um, or destructive, creatively destructive way using art or something, but you can express those emotions usefully when you make decisions on an intellectual level about what you're going to do with your life. So 
Anyone who ever tells you that you shouldn't feel the way you do, whether it's depressed or joyful or confused or whatever, whatever you feel, don't let anyone tell you that it's wrong to feel that way because your brain is telling you important information and it's crucial that you do feel that way. It's just that you need to be a little more attentive sometimes to how that situation, how, how your reaction, how you use that emotion to react. And you can give yourself just a little bit more time to decide whether it's appropriate now, or maybe you can do something else later with that emotion in a more creative and interesting way. Still need to express the emotion. You need to be aware of it, respect it, and express it. All of those are crucial. But your emotions are excellent. Your emotions are amazingly useful once you are aware of all this. And they will help you make decisions that are excellent and amazing and perfect. And as perfect as things can get <laughs> in an imperfect world. So love your emotions. Love your anger. Love your hate. Love your joy. Love your sorrow. Love your fear. It's all good. It's all important. It's all information. It's all useful. Just guiding the expression of that in a way that serves your goals and the goals of the people around you, the people, places, and things around you more effectively. And then things will be even better. So feel what you feel, okay? It's, it's good to feel that. It's right to feel that. Your feelings are important. Right? You don't have to believe me, just try it out yourself. Okay, I'm gonna leave you with that. And I'm gonna give you quick information on how to contact me. My email is thewiseturtle at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-W-I-S-E-T-U-R-T-L-E at gmail, G-M-A-I-L.com. Uh, my blog where this podcast is posted is can be found anyway at turtle T-U-R-I-L. Org. That's turl.org. That's my name. And you can also find me on Reddit as username turl, T-U-R-I-L. And you can find links to a lot of the stuff that I do on my blog. And uh, I hope that you can find some respect for all of your emotions and realize how valuable, valuable they are. And I will say namaste.